Welcome to Getting Heated, the place to debate and discuss all things surf-related. We're hitting the tough topics today, starting with the debate on separating the men's and women's championship tour. And it's never too early to make some bold predictions on the top five for the WSL finals. Plus, Kaloha and Dino races the rookie class to get a first ever CT win. Finally, do young surfers want to be like Kelly Slater or does Jamie O'Brien's online popularity win out? Let's start some heats. Hi everyone, welcome to Getting Heated. I'm Coco Ho, the WSL couldn't get rid of me yet. I'm super excited to be here hosting our discussions and debates on all things surf related. I also get the pleasure of welcoming these two legends, Kulangata's McFanning and Hawaii's Ross Williams. Hi guys, thanks for bringing me into the show. Yeah, Coco, oh my gosh, huge upgrade from Proton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great to have you, Coco. Thanks guys. I know it's my first show, but I'm coming out of the gates with a super spicy topic for our opening exchange of Heat One. The men's and women's championship tour share a combined schedule of events. Each event window has to accommodate six rounds of women's and seven rounds for the men. So here's the tough heat one question. Should the women's tour and men's tour be separate? Ross, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Thanks, Coco. Yeah, you know, there's some taboo with this with this subject, but I don't think there needs to be. Um, here's the main thing for me. There's actually two points I want to make. Number one, and, and you know, this is the most important, is you know, over the years we're slowly but surely trying to evolve this this surfing tour into getting the best possible waves possible. And it is really uh, difficult when you have these drawn out long events. Uh, you know, I, I think it's the number one complaint that any spectator or fan has is just how long it takes to finish these events. It's really tough to stay engaged if you're asking people, "Hey, tune in for 12 days. We'll let you know when it runs." Um, so. That is a huge, if you can split these tours uh, apart, you're gonna be able to finish a, a ladies event in one day. You're gonna be able to finish the men's event in two days, and that's a big, big advantage. Mick, that means one swell, you cherry pick it out of that, that waiting period, and uh, I think you're gonna see a lot more engagement. Number two topic for me, Mick, is I think, if you ask a lot of agents out there in the surf world right now, there's actually more um, attraction for women to get sponsored not as much as men so i think there's a there's a place there on the tour if you created a women's tour with their own vibe separate from the men's they could attract some huge non-endemic sponsorships yeah look i sort of have to disagree with you on this ross um you know on the fact that you know the women did separate from the men's in 2011 and events just disappeared and it was really, really tough for them, unfortunately. So that's a real tough one. The other point I have is like, we're lucky even to have events going right now. Uh, I don't think this is the time to be separating the events, you know, maybe a year's time when everything sort of comes back to normal, hopefully um, we can look at that. But I think right now, I think just keep the tours together. I think a, a perfect scenario for the moment is not overlap them completely just have a few days overlap so maybe the women start first and then they overlap with the men's two or three days and then the men finish after that that might be the perfect way to do it but um yeah at the end of the day i don't see them splitting the tours right now is going to be beneficial for anyone uh mick i remember 2011 and uh yeah it you know it proved to be not very successful but if you think about it that was 10 years ago and if you think about how much we've evolved as a society 
uh, with equal pay and all, there's been so much momentum with women athletes um, and women's sports that I think now is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Um, that doesn't mean this year, obviously, we got a lot to deal with with this pandemic, but a long-term goal, sure enough. And again, this is to improve um, how watchable surfing is. And I think the WSL knows it, to be honest. That's why they're creating a Super Bowl type event to create, you know, to crown the world champion in one day because they know how important it is to have eyeballs just for a few hours. Um, so if we can split these tours apart, I think you're gonna get these quick events and they're gonna be, you know, a lot easier on a palette. I think the women can stand alone. I just, I just don't. I reckon ride the momentum out until we see what happens with the world. Um, you know, I'll, I think the the non-endemic sponsors perfect for the women. I think it's great. Um, I love seeing them reach different audiences, and and yeah, the momentum for the women is just going up. So I reckon ride that out for a couple more years, and then they can just ditch the boys. But uh, at the moment, I want it to uh, sort of seem together. <laughs> I agree, boys. I feel like both have. It's such a tough conversation to even have, and I love the momentum that. Ross brought, you know, the non-endemic that the women athletes around the globe bring to the industry. It's really special to see and it's fun. We've got hair, makeup, nails. Um, yeah, we're a lot more fun. I might dive into some hair and makeup. When we return, Mick and Ross have some bold opinions on who will land in the top five when it comes down to the WSL finals. And will Kolohe and Dino get his first CT victory before the rookies? We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Getting Heated. I'm Coco Ho, joined by my uncles, Ross Williams and Mick Fanny. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm Whoa. 30 this year. Are we that old? <laughs> Maybe Rossies. Oh, that first heat was a tough one, but I'm not going to go much easier for heat two. We're less than one month away from the Australian leg of the tour, so why not lay down some bold predictions right now? The Heat 2 question is, who will be in the top five and punch their ticket to the WSL finals at lowers? Mick, who do you got? Yeah, look, for me, I think the ladies write themselves. Uh, obviously, going back in 2019, I've got the top four um, from that year, which is Carissa Moore, Stephanie Gilmore, uh, Carolyn Marks, and Lakey Peterson. And now that Tyler's back from illness, you know, she's already won one event, so she's flying at the top. The men's side, a little bit different. You've got the usual suspects in John John Florence, Gabe Medina, and Idola Ferreira. I think Geordie Smith 
has learned how to be consistent now. So he's going to come through and um, take that fourth spot. And then the fifth one was a bit, you know, I could have picked a range of different people, but I've gone with Ethan Ewing only for the sense of the surfing that he was doing at Haleiwa. I feel like that sort of surfing is going to relate to places like Margaret River and also Rottnest Island. So uh, that's why I went with Ethan. Okay, Mick, uh, you're not adventuring too far out there. So um, if you take a look at my top five, I do have some usual suspects there. I, I got John. John already won at Pipe, so he is flying. Um, but I did choose um, a big one there, Kolohe and Dina. I got him all the way up there at uh, number two. I just feel I have a se- sneaky suspicion it's his year. Um, he's done really well uh, at, in almost all those events there in Australia. Um, and it's, uh, you know, he's he's got a lot of motivation, Mick. You know, he's been struggling to get his first win. I just feel like, you know, this is his time to shine. He's at the right age. He's definitely hungry. Um, for the women's side, uh, you know, I think um, Tyler's looking really good, but I got, you know, Carissa, maybe I think she's gonna take out the ratings. And then I did pick another sort of surprise there with Tatiana. Tatiana got second in a couple events this year during the pandemic, those warm up events at the ranch and also over there in Oceanside. Um, and she did well in Maui as well. She got third. So um, Tatiana has been training really hard. Uh, I've been watching it firsthand. She's definitely improved. She's surfing faster, stronger, throwing a lot of water. And she charges at places like Tahiti where we're going. So I got, you know, Tati and Kolohe in there in those top fives. Yeah, look, uh, it's sort of a good, good little rivalry there. Like you've got um, Ethan and Jack at the bottom there. I guess we can put a little side bet onto that. Um, I think Ethan might be, you know, in those beach break situations, he might be a little bit more well-rounded than Jack. Um, but you could put anyone in there. Like I, I was thinking... You could have put in Julian Wilson. I could have put in Chloe and Dino. I could have put in Kanoe Garashi, like the, Phil Toledo. Like we haven't even got him in the top five, and he's been in the top five for the last few years. Um, on the women's side, Carolyn Marks. I I can't see how you can leave her out. She's she's so fired up. I saw her at Trestles a few months back, and all she could say to me was, "I'm so excited to compete. I'm so excited to compete." So I, I'm gonna. I think we're going to see her bounce back really well coming into these um, coming into these Aussie events. Yeah, Caroline's uh, she's strong. She surfs so well. Um, and then uh, you know, Steph. We both uh, don't have Steph in the top two. That's a pretty big one as well. So I don't know. It's just every now and then there's a bit of a changing of the tide, and uh, I, I think you know that's what we're seeing this year, especially for me for the men. With uh, I got Jack Robbo sneaking in there for the top five. It is a very fun rivalry between the two uh, Aussie Groms, between Ethan and Jack. And they, I would say that where they're strong uh, it makes up for each other in big waves and small waves. Uh, Robbo obviously has an advantage over Ethan, like places like Pipe and Tahiti, and maybe vice versa. The beach breaks, Ethan has that edge because it's so smooth. You know, he's a Mick Fanning 2.0. Um, but uh, I think Jack has already got a ninth at Pipe. You know, Ethan got a 17th at Pipe, so he's behind eight ball right now. Look, I think it's it's going to be an incredible race. It's going to be something that I'm excited to watch. And uh, as a fan, um, frothing for that to see who makes that top five come the uh, the Super Bowl event. Coco, do you have a dark horse we're missing? Um, I mean, Felipe surfed really good at the surf branch. I saw it firsthand. I was on the back of the ski, half of his rides. So I was very surprised to not see him in there. On the girls' side, I like the Tati pick, but so hard to not 
include Caroline. And I really back the bold pick of Kolohe at number two, Ross. And this brings us straight into the next topic for Heat 3. Winning a CT event is no easy task. After 10 years, I only did it once. The rookie class this season looks amazing and we could see a surprise event victory, but some veterans are long overdue. So here's a question for Heat 3. Who has a better chance of winning a CT event this season? One of the four rookies or Kolohe and Dino? Mick, you have 22 event wins. You get to start. Look, I'm going to back Kolohe in on this one. Um, I feel like he should have won one already. I felt like in 2019 he should have won the Quicksilver Pro on the Gold Coast. I felt like you know, there's so much debate around that last score of Italy. Um, and he's made a few finals. He's he's definitely proved that he can get there. It's just putting that final little piece of the puzzle. And, you know, I think events like Newcastle and Narrabeen sort of go into his wheelhouse a little bit more. You know, it's sort of more similar to his home breaks and the California beach breaks. So um, I'm going to back him in this year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he's raising that trophy above his head. <laughs> Um, I hope you're right because I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Kolohe and Dino and, and he deserves it and he's overdue. But if I'm going to back the rookies here, Mick, um, you know, the shiny star in that bunch, nothing against Morgan and Matt McGillary and Isabella, but Jack Robbo's got a ton of talent. Um, do I think it's going to be easy for him to win? No, um, I think it's a tall task, but you know, you got to look at WA where he's a local boy. I think he's got a great chance there. And then obviously in Tahiti, uh, Jack would be one of the favorites. So, um, you know, it's definitely a coin flip in my eyes between him and brother, you know, who's going to win this year, but I'll back Jack. Mate, you just put Kolohe at number two in your top five. And now you're saying that number five is going to beat number two. Come on, Ross, get your stuff together. That's how good I am, Mick. You just stole Kolohe from me, so I'm just pivoting because I'm a, I'm a bad mofo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I hope he, I hope he wins, man. I, I, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a, a great celebration all around. So, uh, yeah. Look, I'm going to back him in. Um, Rossi's going to figure out his numbers and then reassess where he puts Kolohe in his top five. But yeah, come on, Kolohe, let's see one. Again, you stole brother for me, so I'm just pivoting. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did see that consistency with the ratings and then not backing him to win. So I am Team Kolohe. I'm going to back him all the way. When we return, Kelly is king, but Jamie O'Brien's popularity is a sign of the changing times. We're going deep into this one when we come back. getting heated. Mick and Ross, I love the next segment and the way you guys go deep into some of the bigger topics in the surf world. Yeah, there's a huge appetite out there. So it's nice to, you know, dig a little deeper into, you know, going deep. Yeah, we just open up our brains a little bit more and just get some more rubbish out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get right in today's going deep segment of the show. Pop culture is changing the way the youth are influenced by surfing. Seeing friends, land magazine covers, and win events has always been huge to me. But following your favorite surfer's blog and Instagram can be deeply influential. So the going deep question is, do the young surfers want to be the next Kelly Slater or do they want to be the next Jamie O'Brien? Ross, the floor is yours. 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at a guy that's uh, comes from way back when uh, you know the glory days of magazines. So obviously, uh, you know that holds a, a very special nostalgic place in my heart. Um, but times have changed, and I think the main reason why uh, is you know the main attributor is the the rapid pace that social media provides. You know, and it's really created this generation of kids that need uh, to be spoon fed daily of just huge airs. Uh, people messing around daily at their home breaks or in the parking lot having fun. It's just nonstop pace. Whereas before, Mick, I'm sure you remember back in the day, we had to wait, you know, a good month for each magazine. Uh, it taught us to be patient, right? You know, you had to really wait to see who's going to be on the next cover shot and all that stuff. And so the anticipation, it really built up that nostalgia. But um, you can't deny that, you know, all these kids have access to every single pro surfer there is out there. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, you run into kids these days, you know, anywhere from five to 15. And the amount of times I've had kids come up to me and I'm like, oh, who's your favorite surfer? And they're like, Jamie O'Brien. And it's like, okay, why? And they're just like, they just love his videos. Like it's just nonstop that they're, they're like, he's the best surfer in the world. He can ride soft tops. He does fun things. He's got his, um, you know, his YouTube channel, he's just played on the daily, you know, you just gotta look at his comment section on his YouTube. It's just like, yeah, I eat breakfast and watch Jamie O'Brien before I go to school and go surfing. It's incredible. The, the way that he's created a market for himself is, is next level. And there's there's other kids that are coming through as well that are, have sort of seen this uh, trend. Uh, there's a favorite family of mine, the Norris Nuts, who incredible surfers, incredible skaters, and all they love doing is making YouTube videos and kids love it. Like they're just like, I want to watch the new Norris Nuts or do you know them? Like, I want to get an autograph. It's it's incredible the way that social media has just changed the way we look at surfing and who our stars are. Yeah, it, it, it really is. You know, I'm not sure I'm going to wake up in the morning and have a bowl of cereal and watch Jamie O'Brien and his Speedos, but hey, to each his own. You know, before there was such a thing as a vlog, there was guys out there that would just go free surf and get photos in a magazine. But that was a real stretched out process. Now you have guys like Jamie who constantly are looking for funny, quirky things to do daily because kids are just psyching, waiting to, uh, you know, get their daily feed of Jamie O or whoever it is. But there is those crossovers like Kelly Slater, you know, who's got a lot of followers on Instagram. And then, of course, Gabriel Medina is just an absolute beast who has what is like 7 million followers on Instagram. So there's a kind of a pre some pressure there for some of these surfers that compete, win world titles, and they have to feed the beast of social media. You just have to look at, you know, 2020, who was the most entertaining surfer for the whole year was Italo Ferreira. He was everywhere. He was just doing, you know, if it's not whip-ins, it's, you know, trying to surf crazy waves at Nazare or just him just running around, his, you know, throwing his jet ski in the pool and stuff like that. It, just people with energy, kids just want to see that. And that's why I feel like they're heading more towards the J-O-B type YouTube vlogs because they can just sit there and, and watch it and just get psyched just to go surfing and do fun stuff. Mick, did your contracts evolve towards the end of your career and you had to have a social media presence? Yeah, 100%. You know, when, when I first got my contracts, it used to be like you'd get X amount of money for a magazine cover or, um, you know, obviously everyone had surfer pole rankings in their, yeah. in their contracts as well. And then all of a sudden it just changed. It's like, all right, we need this many posts a month. We need, you know, it's 
and now a lot of contracts are based on how many Instagram followers you got or, you know, it's TikTok or whatever. Yeah, so it's definitely changed over the years. Um, Coco, let us know, who who are your favourite people to watch on YouTube and Instagram? Um, I am a Jamie subscriber. I do stay psyched. I love my brother's blog. He keeps it very core. He incorporates a lot of family and everyone in the community. His filmers kind of filming anyone who stands up in the session. Um, but I do kind of urge him to be a little more personable. I feel like those are the people that really thrive on Instagram and those are the ones when you can see your hero do something that you can do or at home and um, like Medina dancing, I think people freak out. Mate, Ross, you got to get TikTok and brother. Well, it's almost bedtime, so I'm going to go log in and check out what Jamie's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Stay psyched. That does it for my first episode hosting the show. Thanks for letting me join the party, you guys. Yeah, Coco. Thanks for coming on board. Make us look good. <laughs> I had a blast. Should we do it again next week? <laughs> See you here. Same time, same channel. Let's do it.